As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Hi, this is Kendall, and welcome to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Let's kick off today's episode with Jane. Jane is a complete practice management software for all kinds of wellness practitioners, but particularly helpful for those just getting started in private practice. I use Jane to chart for my clients, and this is one standout area for me when I think about new practitioners searching for an EMR. One part that is especially helpful is Jane's chart template library. It's a goldmine and a fantastic resource to use as you begin in private practice. You can go into the library, search by keyword or by discipline, and find charting templates created by other mental health practitioners just like you. For beginners, this is like being handed a golden ticket to charting success. You can learn from and be inspired by hundreds of other therapists and their templates without even leaving the software. From there, you can adapt their templates, adding new areas to reflect your own personal style. It makes charting actually feel enjoyable when you can quickly pull up a template and begin charting for a client as soon as the call appointment starts. If you're wanting to learn more, head on over to jane.app slash mental health. If you know you're ready to get started with Jane, you can use the code W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-1-M-O, Wellness One Month, in your sign-up notes for a one-month grace period. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today, we have Casey Wyckoff joining us. Casey has a passion for people and a unique ability to encourage others to their hope-filled future. He supports amazing teams at LSW Architects, Riff Creative Agency, Ride, and Lion and Pearl, to name a few. He and his wife spend time in Vancouver, Washington, here locally with me, and in Big Fork, Montana. Welcome, Casey. Thanks so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Kendall. Let's jump right in. You've started a number of businesses, uh, so I'd love to know what is something that you've learned from that experience? Yeah, well, it's a good question. As I think back over my post-college professional career, the first decade, I, I felt like I had a lot of energy to contribute a lot of creative ideas. And as a young architect, you know, was looking for really great clients to work with and was afforded a number of opportunities through that process really to, to understand um, and get a pulse on what it took to have a big vision. So a number of our clients really did have big compelling visions. And part of my job was 
to be a good listener and and get a sense of of how I could use the tool of architecture to help them achieve those goals and realize that vision. And then really about the time of the recession, um, honestly, one of the best gifts uh, we were ever given was just in that pressure cooker of needing to really understand, like, why do we get up in the morning? Yeah. Like, what are core motivations? And through that, just a sense of uh, maybe courage to step out and and do things that uh, were on my heart to do. So, so now, you know, in a few years since and have started a number of businesses, you've listed a few. And some of the things I'm, I've really learned through this experience is, one, really take into account those with any wisdom, mentors, those that have been placed in my life that desire the best for me and really want to pay attention to uh, lessons they've learned. And then secondly, is really paying attention to just in general, the team members, individuals that I had some kind of relationship with. And so starting something new takes a lot of energy. In order for it to be effective, it needs to provide a lot of value to the world around it. And I'm just one person, but I've realized I'm a pretty good matchmaker. So (laughs) when I can see individuals with amazing gifts and talents and like a puzzle, um, connecting them with others to complete a picture of value for a, a client or an individual, that's been really the foundation of each of the businesses is just paying attention to those to those around me. That's beautiful. That's definitely been my experience of you over the last couple mm-hmm. of years of as we've gotten to know each other. I'm curious what your businesses have in common, right? Because I, if someone looked mm-hmm. at them each separately, they they could think of them as being in different industries, but I'm curious the thread for you and what they really have in common. Yeah, I can, I can think of it on a couple of levels, actually. Um, so LSW, our architectural practice, at its foundation is, is just really grounded in wellness. And so we're looking to, in terms of how the architecture of education, healthcare, and housing provide really effective places for people to kind of learn, grow, and live. And then RIF as an example, maybe, and RIDE, if I use just those three, RIF is really anchored in authentically telling the stories of startups and new innovation and big ideas. And then RIDE is really connecting people in places they love. It's a little transportation company. So all of these at the core, I'd say relationships, just the people interactions are so important. And additionally, just when I think beyond uh, the relational aspect, the world is just hyper integrated. And what we're seeing in terms of high value is when there's this synergy between effective storytelling, effective creation of space or place, the physical place. Um, and often that involves technology. So right now those businesses, they, they do show up as a team at times to help solve problems with a level of creativity that I think um, individually they would not have been able to. Absolutely. I'm really curious, you know, for our listeners in particular, uh, I get asked a lot about, you know, this 
sort of <laughs> myth of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. I'm curious if you could describe the nature of your relationship between your professional life and your personal life and sort of the intention behind that. Yeah, sure. And maybe maybe that's also, you know, when I think about my own connection between my personal life and professional life, it's probably one of the things I saw in you and your business that um, felt like, you know, I met uh, another alien on the planet. So, um, <laughs> you know, I guess referencing back to kind of just the overview of my um, professional history, the first 10 years really was you know, what I understood was if I worked harder and longer, I would see increased results. And then once you have a family, a growing family, have a few challenges that you face, it's pretty easy to realize, oh, well, those don't go hand in hand necessarily. And so I think embracing that moment really caused me to well, like I referenced, the business is being integrated. Is just it would be I'd be hard pressed to to um, draw a line between what's personal and what's business. So really, just finding value in showing up, being myself, and and knowing that um, that often provides results that exceed my expectations. So um, yeah. maybe maybe you know actually. One other thing is uh, time is probably the constraint. Early in my career, I thought resources were the constraint, but really, you know, life is short already. And so the opportunity to just be really thoughtful about how do I think about my time? How does the time of my family and those that I'm closest to impacted by my choices, like holding all of that together can cause tension sometimes in the the task being accomplished, but over the long term is proving to be incredibly fruitful. Mm, absolutely. I think our listeners will connect with that so much because especially those of us that go into helping professions or building businesses in the wellness field, um, mm-hmm. it's often because we want more time. Mm -hmm. We want to do what we love and spend time with our family and all the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs want in any any Mm -hmm. industry. So it's such an important key piece of it. What do you think the most difficult aspect is about being a CEO and business owner? I think ironically, it's that, um, and, and maybe this is how I'm personally wired. So, um, it can be challenging to have the depth of relationship with team members that I desire when that team gets bigger. So just the practically speaking, you know, back to time, um, you know, I'd love to really spend a lot of meaningful time with each of the team members, in each of the businesses. It's not practical. So that's difficult. I also think there's I know this about myself is I have a lot of ideas. Some of them are okay. Most are not. I, you know, I have a lot of creative energy. And mm-hmm. so when you sign team members' paychecks, I'm always aware of like, are you saying you like this because I signed your paycheck? Or are you saying you like this because genuinely you think it's a good idea? And so I think 
needing to give team members enough autonomy and space and hopefully like encouragement to tell me no or to tell me that's that's just not a great idea and this is why you know that's what I really value and it's actually much more challenging to get that out of out of team members than I anticipated I think also maybe <laughs> this was not so much now I think because you know we're all to varying degrees a little more disconnected than we have been in the past but when we were all in the same office, you know, people would grab lunch together uh, and often I'd have lunch by myself. And I realized that team members typically don't say, hey, Casey, want to go grab lunch? As the, as the CEO, the lead, um, I realized that uh, that was more my responsibility just to make space for them. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, as you're talking, I'm just connecting with you so much because I mean, our, our clinic, you know, is obviously much smaller than your businesses. Uh, but we are growing so much. Um, and mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, and our team's getting bigger and bigger. And just connecting with you on that piece of wanting to have deeper relationships with every single person on the team. And really stepping back as a witness recently that that's actually not practical mm-hmm. and it's actually okay mm-hmm. that we have people on our team supporting them um, wholeheartedly and and that's okay too, right? Mm-hmm. And that the essence of the business still comes through and they're still mm-hmm. having that experience. I get really curious because I've, I've gotten to know you and your business over the past couple of years and Every person I've met on your team has this same sense of, you know, I'm very aware they're having a positive experience and that you have a very healthy culture in your businesses. So mm-hmm. I'm curious if there's a few pieces that you feel like are sort of the the biggest pieces to that puzzle, right? If you mm-hmm. could give our listeners some advice on creating a healthy, positive work culture, even as the business gets bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- you know, that's a good question. I think our culture is is healthy, and and man, we aspire it to be even better. So maybe maybe part of it is just kindness, and and really, you know, leading by example. I hope, and just demonstrating kindness, especially in moments where. It would be natural to to not have a response that's really kind. I think that's part of it. Also, I think just as I, I have a business partner, Esther Liu at LSW, and I think when you're teamed up with individuals in leadership that share a similar perspective of just the value of relationships, you you know, there's there's safety numbers. So when your leadership team, I guess what I'm rambling to get to is when the leadership team can operate with similar set of kind of norms, humility plays a big part of it. And I think that, again, just leading by example, creates space. And, and I think most people just, they want to have good relationships. And many maybe just don't know what that looks like. So maybe that's been part of our um, success thus far. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So if you think ahead to the future, mm-hmm. right, let's say three years from now, 
what would you hope to be telling me at that point? Three years from now, talking to Kendall, I would say I am really grateful looking over the past three years for all that I've learned from the Vancouver Wellness Studio. And I think this is where, you know, there's businesses I'm directly a part of, but also recognizing there's a lot I have to learn from those that are in fields completely different than mine. So I'd love to say, Kendall, look at all I've learned from you and your team. I also think that our whole team is highly motivated to have a, a, a local community impact. And so I think if we could point to either things in the community, organizations in the community, or just kind of measures of health in three years, I think I'd be tremendously uh, encouraged. And for all the listeners out there, just know that this will be reality in three years, right? <laughs> Casey, Casey envisions it and it happens. And we, we on our team at Vancouver Wellness Studio are so uh, grateful to be um, in partnership together on certain mm -hmm. projects. And it's been so impactful for us. And I remember, Casey, when I first met you, you asked me that question about in three years oh. or in five years, uh -huh. um, you know, what, what, and this was at the very beginning of COVID when yeah. we first met and we, we got on a meeting and you asked me that question. Um, it's a good one. So I've seen a few things about this, the, your roadcast, and I'd love to know more. I've just investigated it briefly. So if you could tell us all, all what, what is the roadcast and mm -hmm. what are you doing there? Yeah, um, yeah, we haven't talked about that much. So um, we uh, in Vancouver really had the strong sense that there is there's so many great stories, um, in particular from just designers and thinkers that were not being told. So back in 2019, just before you know 2020 and things paused, we held uh, a first gathering, Design Vancouver. We had a phenomenal turnout, a couple of days of workshops and just uh, a, an opportunity for both local voices and some national voices to share the stage and just share kind of what they're up to, what they're thinking, what they're doing, what they're designing. And then um, in 2020, we started planning like, well, it's still in our heart to find ways to amplify the stories of just the phenomenal people we come in contact with. So what, what could we do to effectively tell those stories? So long story short, we picked up a, a really gorgeous uh, Airstream, wrapped it with some identity for Roadcast, and we hit the road. And with our team, we started just capturing both in video and audio the stories, um, designers, thinkers. And we have a Roadcast, theroadcast.com, a YouTube channel. And uh, you'll find, I think there's 11 episodes right now. They're about half hour each. We've taken the tour through the Portland, Vancouver area, up through Montana, down the West Coast through California, and um, have a number of new episodes coming up. So, yes, theroadcast.com, and uh, check it out. We'd love to uh, hear your feedback. Sounds amazing. I can't wait to check it out. Casey, as we close today, I'm just curious if, if you were talking to a brand new entrepreneur, business owner, they're getting ready to start out for the first time in their new business. What's, what's your big piece of advice? What's your first encouragement for them? 
Um, I think write write it down. I mean, I would if you're just you've got this big idea and you're you want to to start something. I think to this entrepreneur, I'd say kind of write down your vision, dream big. I would you know think about five, ten years out, like what does this want to become aspirationally. And I think the more you write things down and and just kind of measure progress, those things tend to happen. I'd say apart from writing it down is uh, is get a friend, you know, whether that's a mentor or, you know, just surrounding yourself with those people that that cause you to, to think sharper or provide wisdom that you lack in certain areas, like being honest with the gaps you have and finding people to help you out. If, you know, I it. It's rare that somebody doesn't value being called upon to share their wisdom. So, yeah, write it down and uh, get a friend. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being here, Casey. Thanks, Kendall. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. By the way, I love hearing from listeners. Please send me an email at Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at wellnesscentercreators.com with your feedback. And if you send me a question, maybe I'll read it on the show anonymously, of course. Thanks so much again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.